Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey, beautiful souls, and welcome back. Today, we are chatting with the inspirational Juliana Naufil. Juliana is an artist, coach, and co-founder of Photo Treve Magazine. Really looking forward to our conversation today and so happy to have you on the podcast, Juliana. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So thank you so much for having me, Victoria. I appreciate you. Oh, I'm I'm so honored that you are joining me today. I can't wait for our conversation. I know it will be a good one. And I'm just so happy we connected. I mean, we've known each other for a little over a year now. And we always joke that sparks were flying when we first connected. <laughs> it was the we best felt, date. Coffee date. It, best one. <laughs> it was the best. It was like immediate instant, you know, friend chemistry. It's a beautiful thing when that happens. And today I'm really looking forward to just diving into your journey as an artist. You know, I'm really looking forward to sharing with our audience a little bit more about the work you do as an artist coach as well. And then all of the amazing opportunities that you have to offer through your incredible publication, Photo Trouvé. I want to just start by asking you a little bit about your journey as a visual artist. Um, That's typically how I like to start these episodes. So can you tell us a little bit about that? I've always been a creative kid, so it was honestly a no-brainer, like expressing myself through art. But I'm multi-passionate. So, you know, I love dancing. I love singing. uh, I love creating pretty much anything that I can with my hands. And while I was in high school, I started doing art therapy as a patient. And that uh, got me into creating art again. So I was really into painting and it was been so helpful to help me cope and help me heal in a way through the hardships that I was going through. So I had to decide on a major to do because I'm from Brazil and <laughs> In Brazil, like from the very beginning, you start, you decide what you're going to study for your undergraduate studies. So I decided that I would do a bachelor in visual arts and I did that. But when I was studying, I didn't think I would be an artist. Like I flirted with the idea, of course, because I love to create. But at the same time, I wasn't sure about it just because I've always listen to how hard it is that, you know, you cannot make a living with the art, especially in a country like Brazil and other things like that. So I was, okay, I'm going to study something that I love, but I'll probably work in an organization. Uh, I also have actually a double degree. So it's a bachelor and uh, a teaching degree in visual arts. So I fell in love with education and I thought I would uh, stick to that route, which I did for a little bit and I still do, but in a different way now, outside of a school. Um, So in 2016, I started embroidering 
as a hobby because <laughs> it was a year for me in university that I was just having to create a lot uh, of different bodies of work, different techniques. And I was, gosh, I just need something to do as a hobby. And then I fell in love with embroidery <laughs> and I started incorporating textile art as my main way to express myself visually. And that led me to embroidering photos. And that's what people usually know me for. This past six, seven years embroidering photos, I started spreading messages of love, hope, affection, and people started connecting with my work. It got really great opportunities nationally and internationally. And that's been a, a journey for me. Uh, and I think it was like 2019, 2020 that I really accepted that, okay, I'm an artist, I can do this and I can make a living out of it. That's when I quit my day job and started focusing my full time in my practice and the business aspect of being an artist too. It's so incredible. And I just love hearing about your journey because it truly is so inspirational. And to see you now pursuing your full-time career as a visual artist, you know, and selling your work and growing your audience, but also coaching and, you know, leading these opportunities for your publication, it's really, really amazing. And I'm just so proud of you. And your work is stunning. Can you tell us what led you to focus specifically on embroidering the photographs? I know that the photos you choose are very intentional and hold a special place for you. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about that. My practice is mostly based on vintage photographs and embroidered texts on them. And it was actually because of my grandparents that I started doing this type of work because I would sit with my grandpa and he would show me this family photo albums of when he was young. He would show me these photos and they were all so amazing. And I was always wondering like, oh, what are the colors of these moments? What were they feeling? And these vintage images started speaking to me. And I just felt like I needed to do something with them. So I started embroidering text on them. Actually, I started adding details first with colorful thread, usually pastels, because that's kind of the color that came to me when I looked at them. And right after I started incorporating text, I was really driven into these photos. This photograph started talking to me in a way. And I was going through a lot of healing uh, related to old traumas. So it was really intuitive that I started embroidering like new stories to portraits of women because it, in a way it was almost as healing my own story and moving forward with it. So the first couple of years of my practice embroidering photos, it was very much related to art and gender and just promoting conversations of gender violence as well. And this, with my own healing journey, uh, started to shift a little bit because they started seeing affection as a way of being political. So I decided to start focusing on spreading messages of joy instead and messages of affection 
And for me, that was the most powerful way of being political and just, you know, letting everyone know that we are here, we're making the best that we can, even when awful things are happening when it comes to politics and on a daily basis. Beautiful. And I just really appreciate how much you bring into your work, you know, how much of yourself you bring into the work that you create. And I remember when I first saw your work, I felt so inspired, the positive messages. And it's it's just really, really beautiful. And for anyone listening, highly recommend checking out Juliana's work. If you haven't already, you know, we'll include the links in the show notes um, to her website and Instagram. But it's also just such a unique combination. You know, you have these old vintage photographs, and then you have the inspirational phrases embroidered into them. And it's just, it's such a cool concept, but again, just really powerful work and, uh, and, and just such an amazing reflection, I think, of you. I can't wait to continue to see how your work evolves and, you know, shifts over time. And it's beautiful. Um, how has it been for you creating or sort of maintaining a consistent art practice? Do you have any tips for artists who might have difficulty creating that consistent practice for themselves? What has been helpful for you? For me, especially this year, it's been acknowledging the season that I'm at. Because as much as we want to be consistent and create every day, sometimes it's just not possible depending on what we're going through. And I think that's the beauty of art. Um, I would highly encourage everyone to find different ways of being creative. Because sometimes we're being able like to create a ton of artwork at once. But then we have seasons that we feel that we're not being able to create, but we're actually using our, our creativity in a different way. Even if it's not necessarily like work related. And I feel those seasons are really important too. So just don't forget the bigger picture and to find moments of joy while creating because sometimes we get to get too serious too. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I think that's such an important reminder because I think that sometimes also we feel that we need to be creating all the time. Um, and I think the artists who are in that flow, that's a really beautiful place to be. But when it starts to turn into this pressure of like, oh my gosh, I haven't created in two weeks and am I, am I even an artist anymore? And you know, these feel feelings of guilt and shame tend to come up. That's when it is not, you know, healthy. So I just, I love what you said about uh, working in seasons and the times where you're not creating can actually be just as important because those are times when you might be like downloading information about your work. Getting inspired. Yes. Getting inspired. And that's like an essential part of the process and just allowing yourself to flow, right? Because I think that when we feel the creative impulse to make something, we are going to do it. Uh, but that doesn't have to be all the time. Some seasons might be more, you know, productive creatively than others, but it's okay. So I, I love that reminder. Um, and then I wanted to ask you, like, it, you know, because you've I've seen you grow your art career. Um, I saw your work last year in person in September at the Affordable Art Fair with PXP Contemporary, which was just so incredible. 
so I've seen you really growing and, and progressing and expanding creatively. And then you also coach artists. Can you tell us a little bit about how your journey um, as an artist coach has sort of unfolded? Of course. Um, <laughs> I was really resistant to it, actually. So in 2019, I was already getting my work seen internationally, uh, exhibited and even collected. And I hired my first coach that year. Uh, and she helped me a lot. But one of the things she would say to me is, you should be doing this to other artists, especially Latina artists. But I didn't feel good enough or ready <laughs> to do that. So I heard, I thank her for the suggestion, but I wasn't feeling ready at all. Uh, and there's the thing. We'll never feel ready. So we can think there will be a moment that we're like, aha, I can do this now. But I'm not sure if that's how it really works. But I kept growing my business, putting myself uh, out there, working with other people too in the art industry and other types of coaches. And I heard many, many times like, are you being uh, a coach to other artists? I think you should really do that. You open so many doors. And I was still, I don't feel ready. <laughs> Until one moment, I understood that, okay, that's part of my mission. I can't really run away from it. So I'm going to start. And I'm going to learn while I go too. But I know there, I'll always be able to help someone that is just starting out and grow from there. So 2021, uh, I started hosting my first mastermind groups. And I really love work with groups of artists because I think it's so powerful. Just the sense of belonging and community. And I feel that sometimes this is a better way to grow together than individually. But of course, individually, you can go deeper. So both ways are really important and depending on the season that you're at and what are your needs. Beautiful. And I can only imagine that you are such an amazing coach. You know, you are so genuine and have such pure intentions for yourself and for others. Um, and I'm just so excited about all the amazing artists you're working with and who get to work with you. Uh, a question that I have for you is, since you started coaching, how has that impacted you on a personal level? How has it impacted you as an artist? In what ways has being a coach impacted you? So many ways. Because uh, I learn a lot with my clients, too. And I learn a lot to be able to support my clients better. 
So it definitely helps me when it comes to reflecting on what I'm doing, my own practice, uh, and even like the need to ask for external support too, because we all need it. Uh, but it's just really inspiring because my clients inspire me a lot with their transformations, their wings, and just show me that, oh, it's possible. <laughs> so it's the best. <laughs> yes. And that is an important reminder, you know, that it is possible. Um, and it's such a joy, like also coaching artists. I think that you kind of, you know, you see, you see their growth and it feels, it's the best feeling. I can't even put it into words. Very similar to you because you are so inspired by their journey. And, and when you start to see doors opening for them, it's a reminder to you as well, what is possible. So I love that. And yeah, you just, you bring so much joy, I think, into everything that you do. So I know that you bring that into your into your programs as well. A question that I have for you um, that I also think might be helpful or like beneficial for any artist listening. Um, what is some advice that you would give to artists who are at the very beginning of their career, who are starting to get a little bit of traction, but are really wanting to increase visibility and opportunities for their work? Is there like a sort of number one piece of advice that you would give or just any tips or suggestions that might be helpful? It might be basic, seem basic, but just keep putting yourself out there. Because at the end of the day, every time that you apply for an opportunity, there's an extra set of eyes looking at your work. Uh, when I started my journey as an artist too, uh, social media was different. I wouldn't say it was easier, but I saw faster results than necessarily we're seeing now. But just put yourself out there, whether it's like applying for open calls or just like sharing your work, talking about it, connecting to others, because you never know where it will lead you. Yeah, it's it's keeping that open mind and also just this kind of connects back to what you were describing earlier when you were talking about your journey coaching and you know you made a decision to start coaching and put yourself out there before you were ready. This is something we've talked about on the podcast as well, which is there will never be that magic moment or like very rarely is there that magic moment where you're like, okay, I'm ready for this. Let's do this. Most of the time in life, you, you kind of have to put yourself out there when you're still nervous, when you're still afraid, you're not feeling quite prepared. One of the coaches that I worked with last year said to me, if you wait till you're ready, it's, it's already too late. You know, like you, if you're waiting until that perfect moment, it's already too late. When you start before you're ready, that's actually the best place to start because that's when the most learning and growth happens. So it kind of is just like doing it afraid <laughs> um, and yes. just jumping in. And like, you know, how you said, putting your, not being afraid to really put yourself out there um, in terms of just keeping going with um, applying for opportunities, even in the face of rejection, even in the face of 
uncertainty and self-doubt because we all experience that as artists. So a powerful reminder, and thank you for sharing that. Can you tell us a little bit about your ma- your masterminds and what you focus on with your artists in of your group course. programs? So I usually prefer working longer, so three to four months per cohort. And we do basically inner work, business strategy, well-being, and creativity. These are the foundations to running a sustainable art practice. And inner work is so important because it keeps us on track on what's aligned for us and what makes sense for us to be doing and offering. We spend so much time at work. And even if it's something that we absolutely adore, there will be challenging seasons. It will require a lot of responsibility and commitment. So really, it's a waste of time and energy to do something that doesn't feel aligned to us. So that's something that I'm really passionate about. And for me, it's the way to grow too, because we end up doing mindset work, which is as important as the creative side. Absolutely. And I would also say, just adding on to that, that mindset work is, it's just important as your creative practice. And it's also just as important as learning the business side, you know, how to those practical skills, those practical tools will only be effective if your mindset is strong. So it really does start from within. Absolutely. And I think at the end of the day, we're mostly terrified about the business part, but it's the easiest if we're doing the other work too. Totally, totally. And it's interesting you say that because something I also like notice is you know, having worked with so many artists, as you have as well at this point, the artists who really I see really growing and flourishing and reaching their goals are doing the inner work. And, you know, you kind of, I'm sure in your mastermind as well, similar to in my programs, you teach everyone sort of the same strategy or like similar strategies and skills for navigating the art world, for growing their art careers. Mm-hmm. But the artists who tend to make the most progress are the ones who are doing the inner work because the tools and the strategies that you learn won't amount to anything if your mindset is not there. If you are struggling with, you know, we all have moments, of course, of like self-doubt. I mean, that's just normal. But if you don't have the tools to overcome those moments of self-doubt, then those those strategies that you've learned are not relevant at that point, you know? Um, Absolutely. I, yeah. And I wanted to ask you, Juliana, what strategies, and when we think about mindset work, What mindset strategies or tools have been the most helpful for you as you've grown your art career and your business? I feel that just really acknowledging like my fears and my limiting beliefs were so important because it allowed me to find different ways to expand this limiting belief. So it didn't get me stuck anymore. So for example, just thinking about like being scared of being seen, going to the root cause of it. And it's not like it's 
going to resolve magically in a second. But in the moment that you understand a little bit more where does this coming from and why it's there, you can find different ways to work this limiting belief. So, for example, oh, I don't want to be seen because I'm scared of what people will talk about my work or is it more related to worthiness and then go from there. And there are techniques that I really enjoy, like EFT, the tap, tapping, sometimes hypnosis, and other times different tools. Uh, I'm also a licensed art therapist, so I use this on my coach. So even the process of art making can be really healing and help us process certain things that we need to in order to flourish and overcome certain challenges. So there's no one right way uh, or more effective way. It really depends on the season that you're at and what you're needing right now. Yes, 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 to everything that you said, uh, because you, there's so much wisdom that you just shared. And thank you for sharing those powerful strategies. I love what you said about limiting beliefs, because when it comes to li limiting beliefs, I think it is so important that we get clear on what they are. We all have them. You know, there's no shame in, in having them. If you are a human, you have limiting beliefs. Um, and what I also find is that usually with limiting beliefs, when you work through them more, you know, and you kind of get to the next level, a new set. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. Cause even for us <laughs> on the other side, there's always, uh, an extra level that will be growing. So it's a never ending process. <laughs> It's a never-ending process. There's always work to do. You'll conquer some and then more will come. Um, but it reminded me actually when you were speaking, it made me think of this quote that I just read earlier this week, which I think very much relates to this conversation. And it was something like to ignore an emotion. I think that this would also, you know, you could translate this to limiting beliefs, but it was essentially like to ignore an emotion is to amplify it or to avoid an emotion, I think it was, uh, is to amplify it. But to acknowledge it is to release it. And I feel like the, I, when I read that, it really hit home for me and I thought it was so powerfully written. But I think it's the same for limiting beliefs. Like as soon as you acknowledge a limiting belief, it loses its power. And then as you start to work through it, understand where it's coming from and also understanding the ways in which it's holding you back, like the more and more clear you get on you know, that limiting belief and how it's impacting you, the more, the less control it has over you and the more, like the closer you get to releasing it. So thank I you for that. sharing that. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important conversation. Like we've talked about limiting beliefs on the podcast quite a bit. And I tend to bring, bring it up in my solo episodes because I didn't even start really doing that work until several years ago. Um, and it's like, you know, this journey that we're on as artists, but also just as humans to becoming more self-aware, to becoming the best versions of ourselves, it's really important to acknowledge what might be holding us back. So another question I have for you, right? Because, you know, we've talked a little bit about your beautiful art practice, which is just 
growing and expanding and flourishing and also the impactful work that you are doing with artists to help them grow and expand. But you are also the co-founder of Photo Trouvé magazine, which is an incredibly powerful publication where you spotlight so many artists of all different career levels. And I would love to just have you jump in and tell our listeners about the magazine, how it came to be. I know you founded it with Twiggy Boyer, who is also a really wonderful artist and just amazing human. So tell us about it. I'm so excited to hear more. First of all, I think I have to start telling how I met Twiggy. Uh, Twiggy is a kindred spirit to me. And we met on a mastermind, actually, back in 2019. And she was the first artist that I met that was also working with vintage photos. So we connected right away. We've been following each other on Instagram before. We ended up on the same mastermind. But during this mastermind is where we really started talking and developing a friendship. And while we were at it, we would share like our experiences as artists and also the lack of space and opportunities for our type of work. Just because back then it was hard to like go to an exhibition and have an artist using mixed media works with vintage photos um find opportunities that were not necessarily for like collage artists or something like that. So early 2020, Twiggy came to me with the idea of creating this magazine, Photo Trouvé magazine, to highlight the works of other people out there also using found photos in their works. And at first, I was scared because I never done anything like that before. So I asked for a moment to think about it. <laughs> but I said yes. And I'm so glad I said yes to co-founding this project. Because we started very small with just uh, digital magazines at first especially because it was during the pandemic, like pandemic was just starting. She was in Florida. I was in Sao Paulo. We had to work on Zoom. We weren't sure how it would work to ship internationally thing. And we said, you know what? Let's try to find our people. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay but it did work out <laughs> and we ended up meeting amazing people from all over the world. And 2021, we had our first uh, print magazine. We started uh, hosting exhibitions and creating other opportunities as well for this community. And now my favorite <laughs> thing for this community is hosting the residency programs 
because it's such a beautiful way to connect with artists, see what they are doing, support them, and create networking uh, opportunities, and just making new friends, really. <laughs> amazing, amazing. I think it's just really, really inspiring to see what you and Twiggy have created together, you know, what you've co-created um, it's a beautiful publication. It's so thoughtfully curated. It's so well put together. And it just feels like such a celebration of the artists who you feature and their work. And I also love the residency. We love that, having you as guests. <laughs> oh, thank you. I've been lucky enough. Uh, thank you for inviting me to be a guest speaker for two of the residency programs. And the artists are so amazing both times. I just remember during the q and I was thinking, wow, like, these artists are so thoughtful and asking such great questions and you can just tell they really want to be there and to learn. And I just think it's really incredible that you and Twiggy have, you know, you've created these opportunities to spotlight the work of the artists in the magazine, but then to also create a residency where this, you know, amazing cohort can come together and sort of learn alongside each other. There's so much power in that. Um, and so I admire the work you're doing. It's really important work. Um, and I just can't wait to see where it goes, which actually brings me to my next question, which is what exciting things do you have coming up, you know, in your art career, in your, um, in the programs that you teach as a coach, but then also with the magazine and the residency? Of course. Um, this year has been Definitely a different one that I'm used to just because I'm navigating grief. So that's something that was very humbling and made me understand that I needed to slow down a little bit because I tend to be an overachiever sometimes. <laughs> so definitely like losing my grandmother put many things into perspective and I'm starting to get back to my art practice now after a season of creating especially music because it was what was very healing for me this year. Um, but I do have a couple of group exhibitions at museums in Brazil next year. The Museum of Contemporary Art of Hesenji in the state of Rio uh, that is going to happen as the development of an art residency that I took part earlier this year. And also a textile group show at Campinas Museum of Contemporary Art too. So... Those are two shows that I'm planning <laughs> and working on right now. And I'm so excited. Um, next month, I'll probably have a pop-up exhibition here in New York, which I'm very, very excited about, too. Uh, I'll share the details as soon as I have all of them. For the magazine... We're having another residency program starting October. So that's something really excited. And probably Monday we're launching issue 11. 
So that's also a milestone. And for next year, we'll be hosting in-person exhibitions too, which is something that I'm really, really excited about. That's huge. I didn't even know that. And I'm so excited to hear that because I feel like that is just a whole nother level that you're unlocking and gr- such amazing opportunities for the artists as well. Uh, I'm I'm just so excited for you. I mean, you you really are doing such amazing work. And I know I say that over and over, but um, I think that, you know, just getting to know you over the past year, I have this little personal philosophy that I think a lot of your success, you know, obviously you work very hard, but you're just so genuine. You're so authentic. You bring so much of yourself into everything that you do. You bring so much joy into everything you do. And I truly think that that's why you're so almost like a magnet, I feel, <laughs> for, for like all these amazing things because you just have this really incredible um, temperament about you. I don't know. It's you know, hard to put it into words. Uh, if anyone listening knows Juliana personally, then you know what I'm talking about here. But, uh, you know, just the way you show up, you motivate others, you're so encouraging and so supportive. Um, so Juliana, I want to ask you for any of our amazing listeners wh- who are interested in learning more about you, your artwork, your programs, the magazine, uh, where can they find you? And I'll include this information in the in the show notes as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. And I just want to take a moment before to thank you and tell you how much you inspire me too. And I just feel so blessed to be your friend. Like you were a gift last year in my life. And I just appreciate you so, so much. And I'm also so proud of you and all the wonderful things that you're doing for your community. Oh, thank you, love. That's so sweet. (laughs) And I feel the same. Uh, but uh, your listeners can find me on Instagram, um, Juliana Nalfil. Uh, if you t- type Nalfs, N-A-U-F-S-S, that's my handle and that's my website. And if you type online, <laughs> Nalfs, you'll find me. Amazing. Okay, perfect. So, and then for the magazine, I will include information about that. Um, I'll include the the title and the link and all of that good stuff in the show notes. And for anyone interested in like one of your masterminds or your group programs, uh, any information, would that also be on your website? It will be on my website. Great, great. So we'll direct everyone over there. Juliana, I want to thank you again for a really powerful uh, and just beautiful conversation today. I always feel so inspired and motivated after chatting with you. So I am sure our listeners will as well. And thank you so much uh, again for joining me. And thank you everyone for tuning in. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com slash magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.